Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. I'm Deanna Laufer here with my co-host Sam Stern. And today we are talking with Vice President and Principal Analyst Megan Burns about her research on customer experience and customer advocacy in the financial services industry. Welcome, Megan. Thanks, Deanna. So Megan, tell us, um, just to start off, can you define customer advocacy in the context that they're using it, you're using it in this research? Yeah, and I actually think it's important to do so because when I say that phrase to clients, they usually think something different. What they usually think when we say customer advocacy is, how do I get a customer to be an advocate for me? So it's often a shorthand for likelihood to recommend. We're actually talking about the reverse of that, which is, does a customer feel that the company is an advocate for them? Hmm. Do I feel like the company has my best interests at heart? which is really a more outside-in view of customer advocacy. Unfortunately, it's not the most common one today. This might seem like a stupid question, but why is it important that companies actually cultivate that perception that they're (laughs) doing right by customers? Uh, Well, it's not just because they're nice people. Uh, Bill Doyle, our colleague who has been doing research in financial services at Forrester for years, many, many years ago looked at what are the biggest drivers of loyalty? And he tested out all different types of metrics, including customer satisfaction and this concept that he had of customer advocacy, of does the customer perceive that you do what's best for them, not just what's best for your bottom line. And that proved to be, in the original research, the strongest driver of loyalty among all of these, what at the time were sort of general customer satisfaction metrics. So we know in financial services, and I, frankly, I believe in a lot of other industries, that companies that customers are more loyal to companies who feel like have their best interests at heart. So for this research, did you undertake a similar um, methodology for understanding what drives both customer advocacy and customer experience? Yes. So what Bill had done was establish the link between customer advocacy and loyalty. What we wanted to do was understand what drives customer advocacy. And we had already identified a set of 25 drivers that we know are really important to creating a good customer experience. But it's not a foregone conclusion that just because I have a good customer experience that that experience makes me feel like the company's in my corner. The hypothesis was that that requires going above and beyond. And that is what we found out. So we wanted to test of those 25 drivers that we know create a good customer experience, which of those also give customers this perception from that experience that the company is in their corner. So looking at those drivers, did any broad themes emerge um, for, for what you found? They did. And in hindsight, we sort of said, okay, this isn't a huge surprise. Uh, (laughs) The first big theme was price. And really, that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of being customer-centric. And customers know that companies are in business to make money, but I think they're looking for businesses to strike what they perceive as a fair balance between the company's profitability 
and their own pocketbook. In fact, our colleague Maxie Schmidt-Subramanian in her research on pricing talks about the concept of price fairness. Do customers feel like the price is fair? And several, the, the general theme, it was multiple drivers around pricing, but those really bubbled to the top as important. And it's not surprising because that's where you demonstrate your willingness to put your interests in balance with the customer's in the most dramatic way. So not necessarily the price itself, but but the transparency of the pricing and some of those other factors can play into Absolutely. how people perceive it. it. It's really the perception of the price, and there are so many things that go into the perception of the price, how you talk about the price. Um, you know, everybody always knows that it's hard to figure out what's the all-in price of something that's on sale or after taxes and fees. and that. So how you present the price... I think can affect people's perceptions of it. And if they feel like there are surprises coming out of left field, if you had shown them the all-in price right up front, they might have been okay with it. But because they feel like it was nickeled and dimed, it undercuts that experience for them. I know you talk about an experience of uh, staying in a Bahamas hotel where you feel like you were... (laughs) Nickeled and dimed. <laughs> yes, would that that were the only uh, experience, but I think everybody's had that experience where, um, you know, you, you go somewhere and it's a, a very fancy hotel and they charge extra for the gym mm. that the, you know, Courtyard Marriott down the street has for free. And it, you sort of scratch your head and go, really? I would think this would be rolled into the price. So, yeah, it's it certainly happened. That's interesting. I saw an interview with um, the CMO at JetBlue the other day, and he was saying that they're going to start charging for a first bag fee. And it was something that, from their standpoint, when the industry started going that way a few years ago, JetBlue couldn't do it because their customer advocacy, I think, I mean, he didn't say it that way, would have been really dented because they were seen as having this fairer deal with their customers, but now it has become such a, a norm in flying that a check bag fee is something customers have come to live with a little bit more. So maybe it's not, they're, they're, they're forecasting now it won't be as big a dent on their advocacy now implementing that fee as it would have been five years ago. And so they can get away with it, kind of. It's possible. I mean, the ultimate way to test that would be to see if they raised every fare by $25, versus only charging the bag fee for people who are going to check bags, they'd actually probably make more revenue if they just raised all the fees by $25. But would that $25 be enough to make people not fly? That's really the balance that we're trying to look for. And to that point, many of the hotels, when I ask, why do you charge extra for the gym? They say in part because so few of our guests use it that we don't feel like it's fair to build it into the overall price of the room. And there's a certain logic to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So other than price, were there any other drivers that maybe surprised you that, that fell out of this? Um, it wasn't a huge surprise, but um, making things easy. And if you think about it, having the customer's best interest at heart, there's not just a dollar value component to that. There's a time component to that, right? All of our time is valuable, and arguably, it's the one thing we can't make more of. In theory, we can make more money. We can't make more time. So when you don't make things easy for customers, that's a sign, intentional or unintentional, that you think your time is more valuable than theirs because you're going to waste theirs waiting for you while you're busy doing other things that you need to do. And it's a very subtle message, but I think it's a key part of kind of the subconscious of why 
so many companies are focused on ease of doing business and so many customers say that that's what they're looking for. Hmm. So, so, so companies have caught on that um, ease is a driver for this. Yeah, they've definitely caught on. And in fact, for most people, ease is the most obvious thing that they come up with on their own, even if they're not yeah. thinking about it. I don't know that they've thought about it in this nuanced of a way before as to why easy is important because there's the overt reasons why people want something and then customers may not even realize that they're taking this as a sign that you don't value my time. It's sort of like when we have friends who do something like a friend is always (laughs) late. Right. We get annoyed by it in part because that friend is wasting our time. We may not be conscious of that being part of the reason we're annoyed with them. We just know that we're annoyed with them. So there's kind of multiple levels that we may not be aware of. Right. So what would you tell financial services companies armed with the knowledge that's in this report and, and sort of that more nuanced picture of what, why these drivers are important? What would you tell them to do uh, to, um, to take action with, this, with these insights? Yeah. The first thing is, I think, the overarching advice that we give in all of our research, which is think about how these things look to the customer. Think about how they're communicated. Think about when do I find out about the price, not just what is the price. How is it communicated? How easy is it for me to understand it? Um, But also, I think, in situations where you may have to make a decision that isn't as balanced toward the customer as you would like. And in financial services, and we lumped health insurance into that as well, because there's a huge Mm. financial component to that, almost more so than than actual health care. There are regulatory reasons why you have to do things. And we're still working on getting those regulations to be more customer and patient centric. But in the meantime, if people understand why it is you're doing what you're doing, transparency into the process. It can change their perception of whether or not you're wasting their time. If, if they have no idea all of the steps that you have to go through to complete something, they just might think you're dragging your feet. But if they understand that there's a regulation that says it has to go through 16 different people, or you have to send it out to this group to be looked at and then send it back, it doesn't necessarily make things good, but it can sometimes make their perception of the ease or the time better. Right. That makes sense. So you mentioned healthcare in addition to financial services in the report. What about for industries that, that you didn't touch on in this research? I mean, what should they do to um, undertake a similar analysis around their loyalty, the drivers of that, and, and how they can um, provide more customer advocacy or at least get a higher perception of customer advocacy among their, their clients? Yeah, I would love at some point, and I haven't had a chance to do it yet, to test the relationship between customer advocacy and loyalty in other industries because I believe that it would turn out to be true. I think in other industries, there are going to be different signs and signals of how much you have the customer's best interest at heart. So a friend of mine gave the example of when she went to Europe and forgot to call her wireless provider in advance to get a data plan. She called in when she saw the $400 bill, and they actually retroactively put her on a Mm. global plan to bring the bill down to a reasonable level. They didn't have to do that. She forgot to call. She was legitimately... It was reasonable for them to charge her those $400. But that one gesture 
turned it into a story because it was a demonstration of the fact that long-term they valued her and they were willing to, to take that cut. So I think looking for places where you can do that. I also think building into your decision systems a longer-term view of success. I think too mm. many companies, and we've talked about this, too many companies are focused on what's the immediate step we want to happen and they don't necessarily think about the fact that even if that immediate step goes the way we want it to, over the course of years or even months, we're actually going to lose business. Right. We're going to come out negative. And that's a, a hard thing to do. But with the increasing sophistication of CX metrics and CX data, more companies are able to find that tipping point and, and maybe shift the line a little bit. Yeah, right. So for Forrester clients who want to hear more about um, drivers of customer advocacy, they can check out Megan's report that's on our website now. It's called Actions Speak Louder Than Words When It Comes to Customer Centricity. It's a mouthful, <laughs> but a great title, Megan. Are there any other reports or research that you would recommend um, related to this topic that our, our clients could check out? I think the best one is a report called What Drives Profitable Customer Experience. That's actually the prequel almost to this report. So that's the report where we go through the first analysis where we did and said across 17 industries, what are the biggest drivers of customer experience quality? And that gave us the foundation for the 25 that we then narrowed down further in this analysis. So that goes through and explains more about the kinds of drivers we tested, what we found when we tested them. It's broader than financial services, but it, I think it gives a good background for reading this report, as well as Bill Doyle publishes a benchmark of customer advocacy mm. scores in financial services every year. And so just in terms of understanding how we measure and analyze that customer advocacy metric, checking out Bill's report would also be a great idea. Okay, great recommendations. Thank you very much for being on the podcast with us today, Megan. Uh, we really enjoyed having you. Thanks. I enjoyed being here. Um, and we'll see you next week, listeners. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at d-l-a-u-f-e-r at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.